Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hey guys, I hope your day is much better than mine. Uh, it seems that the RSS feed, the thingy which makes the podcast appear in iTunes and Stitcher, is lost. It's somewhere on the internet but does not get all the way where it should. So I had to Google and had to research and I spent the whole week uh, figuring this out. But the only way how to test this is to put up a new episode and see if that episode and the previous episode will go through to iTunes. So I hope this will work. But I decided that, you know, you deserve a bit more than only my voice. So, you know, every time I interview some guests, the interviews are usually two hours long, sometimes three. And I had to edit them down to, you know, like one hour approximately. And with Michal, I edited out a big chunk, which I really liked. And now it's opportunity to use it. Enjoy Michal Mocha from Standard Magazine. If you did not hear the previous episode because uh, it did not go to iTunes, make sure that you are going to listen to it. And I apologize for the inconvenience. Again, I hope you have a better day than I do. Because you mentioned that, you know, uh, the old cafes are kind of becoming the same. So what kind of coffee makes you happy? When I get the feeling, when I get the, imp- when I get the impression that I'm being, treating, I'm being treated well, I get a good hot beverage in my hands, whether it's tea or a, or a good cup of filter coffee. And, yeah, I'm not very not that demanding customers for like for unique concepts i'm really happy to be in a in in a place of whatever size when there is just a, the music and a, it's in the right volume there is a right right temperature inside there is a like the, the right vibe i don't really have a specific preference like what shops i like and what kind of shops i don't like I, I really don't like when the baristas are are being are acting too uh, like are acting too uh, unapproachable by by the people. Like when I, when someone asks for sugar, they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, like this is not the right place for you. There is a Starbucks next door, so you better oh. go there and get yourself a latte." Does it happen? I don't really like the, this. Yeah, well, this I, I don't think it, it's happening. Now it it was happening maybe one two three years ago when in some places or what especially was still a new thing in in a lot of European cities. So the the customers has to be always on the on the first first place. So I I like to come to places where I'm where I'm treating well, even though when I ask for for sugar or anything else, not that I do, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, for instance, a lot a lot of people are against like big corporations or like big coffee chains. And I, I've heard when, uh, when Intelligentsia and Stumptown were acquired by Pete's a few months ago, uh, a lot of people said that, oh, yeah, it's, it's the, the money talks, so they got bought. So now, we'll, now they will be, become the big corporate coffee shops. <laughs> and I remember I, I've been to, to Atlanta for the, for the SCAA in April and I had lunch with... Uh, with Jeff from Intelligentsia, and I, I asked him about the like 
how did the, the, the people in his area reacted to, uh, to the acquisition by Pete? And what does he think about it? Because I, and we both agreed that it would be just so stupid when like, the, the big corporation, like Pete or like the, 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 the German holding, when they would turn, for instance, Intelligentsia into a like, spicy pumpkin latte yeah. shop, it wouldn't make sense business-wise for them because the reason why they bought them was the success of the concept exactly as it was. So it's in their best concern to keep the concept exactly as it was and to support it as best as they can. So I don't, I don't really have that impression that I'm not going to display it because it, it seems too big or it's like they have already six locations. So it's not, independent anymore so i i didn't go there so i'm like to me great coffee and great service is still in the first place and i don't care if, if it's a one small espresso bar in the middle of brooklyn or if it's a it's, if it's a coffee shop that has already 50 locations like if the coffee is good and if i'm treated well I just i don't care yeah well when it comes to these big corporations like i understand why small guys are yapping at them. It's like a small dog yapping at a big one, including Green Plantation, of course, uh, because uh, we are kind of want to differentiate ourselves, okay? But to be totally honest, and I'm totally honest about that, if I would be acquired by Starbucks, I would be the happiest guy on earth. And I agree with you that if these big corporations uh, like buy you out, they buy out the idea, you know, so they, they probably want to differentiate themselves because they see, oh, sorry, they want to kind of like differentiate their portfolio. So make it more wide because they see that, okay, dark roast is still in, but maybe the light roast is the next one. So they buy, you know, something yeah. like intelligentsia in case of Pete's. Because you, again, your experience talking to many people and just seeing the world with uh, coffee world with big eyes. You know, if you want to help people and say, okay, these are the trends you should pay attention to. And maybe if you are thinking to start a business, it's something you can look into. What, what, what would these trends be? Hmm. There is, I'm supposed to have a presentation about trends in Shanghai in the next few weeks. So I probably should have an answer to this already, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I would say one trend I can see today is that everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. That it's like starting a business or like having your own startup is a must for like twenty something today. Like when you don't have your own startup, like you're nothing. Well, especially, I think you can see that in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. But that's and, a long trend here, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a long trend in, in Bay Area, that's for sure. But uh, I can see that here as well. That you have, you have a lot of young baristas that they were working in a coffee shop for three months, like maybe even less, and then they think that, oh well, yeah, I don't need you anymore. I know how to make coffee, so I just get a machine and I will find a nice place and I will make the good coffee on this machine and people will come. So I, yeah, I want to be independent. I want to have my own shop and I don't want to have a boss. So I will. I, I have to start my own my own thing. I have to start posting because I, I don't need you anymore. And most of these people like tend to fail. Obviously, like the, as the saying goes, like you have to learn from your failures. 
which I I agree that you should learn when you fail. But I I I'm, I strongly disagree with the with the attitude of like fa- fail often and fail fast. Like <laughs> that's bullshit. Like do do the thing as best as you can and try not to fail. Like like get it done in a way that you don't fail. Like if if you fail, it's still a failure. Like it's it's just it's just zero. It's like you you lost, so you have to start start again. But it's it's not amazing that you failed. Like it's good, like you can learn from it, but like don't overestimate it that much. But anyway, like I think what one of the trends I can see today is just too many people are starting to are starting too many businesses that think will be successful, which I don't think it's very good. I think there is a lot of projects you have in your in your area, like around the, the the people that are your friends that you could join and you could bring your expertise and your fresh ideas into those projects. So when when you would ask me, for instance, like when you have ten thousand dollars in in your pocket, like what would you do with them? I would probably reconsider like putting those money into my like own little espresso bar. And I would probably look around me and to see like if if I see any projects in in my area that I really look up to and I really admire, and I would love to like have a share in that project to to get my ideas into it and to improve and to to do a thing with a with a big impact rather than like having my own little brew bar on a train station, which is nice, but still I think in, in general you can make much more impact when you just join a movement when you join something that's bigger than you if that makes sense oh yeah so what i understand from you that you know uh instead of looking for your own business you should look into certain uh bigger trends and and team up or join those trends and kind of team up with your energy and possibly money right yeah i would i would say so because it's i think it's a lot of people can say that yeah you know my startup didn't work out and it's it's easier to say that my startup didn't work out that my company bankrupted it's essentially it's the same legally but it's when, when you say that oh yeah no my startup it just didn't work out so I start again it sounds okay well sure why not but when you when your company bankrupted which is the same as when your startup didn't work out it suddenly sounds differently but it is not. So I would, I think it's a trend to start the business today and any, any kind of business, but I would suggest to, uh, like to look around you at first. Okay. So just to play devil's advocate, you know, because we get a pro like unleash coffee, you know, when we introduce, we do a lot of demos personally. So me and William, the farmer, and when we tell them that we are the owners of the company, the people we have people actually offering us on street investments. We will not mm-hmm. believe that. We refuse mm-hmm. that because we are set. You know, we don't want to uh, dilute our stocks because you know we don't. We never know what's going to be worth. Is it selfish? Maybe, maybe I don't know. But uh, I, I just can't imagine that once you have a, let's say, a running idea. Okay, once you have the idea which you set and and put in a motion that somebody can come with money and offer, uh, like, join in. In Green Plantation for a while, my Slovak company, um, we offered stocks or options, actually. But in Slovakia, it doesn't roll. People were not interested mm-hmm. in that. 
And some of them today are like, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I did that. Well, you didn't, you know, and I, I know that yeah. it's not a motivator in Slovakia. So maybe, you know, something else. So I don't know. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that how would I react when somebody approaches me with, you know, uh, either money or for me, the most important thing is your skill, honestly, not your money. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't put it in a way that like to come to a company that, hey, you look, you, you, you work on cool stuff. So I'm, I have some money left. So I want to invest in you and have a share in your in your company. Like rather to just come to this this company or a brand and, and say that, oh, you're doing amazing things and I have this and this skill and I would love to join you and I would like to help you in, in marketing and in roasting and making coffee, whatever. If you know what I mean, like not just to come to the company and say like, oh yeah, I want to buy a share yeah. in, in your company. Yeah, that, that would work with me, in especially in, in yeah. the Slovak company. That would totally like, it's different. We are still young, it's trying to find our place, but you know, we get approached there by you know the different guys and gals and uh, when I yep. when I see uh, uh, because in Slovakia and in Cent- actually in, in Europe generally people I don't know it's different than American thinking in American thinking you work your ass off for your company you know and you work everything in order to achieve the best in your company because the company is something which is part of you right. So it's something which you build together, and if the comp- if the ownership or the management is fair, they they let you know about that. That you know you you are part of this. You know uh, there are very good examples when, for example, uh, REI, which is a, a sports gear company, they actually offer I think five percent of their profits back to the employees, and mm-hmm. that's very sweet. You know because they are doing very well, and you know they they hire a lot of people, so it's kind of cool. Uh, but in Europe, it's not the motivator. In Europe, people are focusing on their salaries, focusing on their social benefits, and the fact that the weekends can be off, which is not the thinking that I have. And it's fair. It's totally fair. I don't want to you know, but it's just a different thinking, and uh, it's yep. kind of hard to find the right people. I, I know you are different because you work yep. all the time. You And you can see the difference. You see what I mean? You, there are magazines who in Slovakia exist for a long time with a traditional European way of doing things. And you guys mm-hmm. exist one and a half year and you basically surpass them far, far, you know, away. So, yeah. Well, it always, it always depends on who are you comparing to. It's the same as you when, when you would be starting your own roasting company in, in Eastern Europe and you would compare yourself with just a just other roasters in the in, in the cities around your city, which you could be the the best in the area, but you couldn't ever be the best in the country or the best in the in the region in Europe. It's like when you just decide to ignore all the people around you, or like when you decide to ignore the people or the brands around you and just look up to the best brands in a, like from abroad, the the things you can you can learn. There are so so many so many other things that you can you can learn. That's it. All depends. Like who are you comparing yourself to? I guess. True. Yeah. So okay, let's mention a little bit also your other activity, which are the festivals. They used to be called uh, Coffee Fest, and now they are called Standard. So what's the difference between them? 
Well, and the, the, the festival thing is for us a rather community-based thing. It's, it's not a business-wise, it's not a, it's not a big deal. It's just a, it's just fun, fun party we organize from, from time to time. So we, we used to organize coffee festivals in Slovakia for, for some time for the last couple of years. But last year we decided to uh, to change the concept a bit, so we don't need to not not to compete with other coffee festivals, but we just wanted to do something something that's our own concept that's not so that's not so common. So we decided to to combine specialty coffee, good cocktails, and design like coffee because we work in the industry, design because we. We publish brands, so we are in a very close relationship to, um, to graphic design and to product design, and cocktails because we like gin and tonic, so, <laughs> so we just wanted to <laughs> include it somehow in the concept. All right, guys, so this was the second episode with um, Michal Molchan, and I hope it goes through all the way to iTunes. Don't forget, if this goes through iTunes, you probably missed one episode because we had that technical glitch. And if it doesn't go to iTunes, then I have to re-upload and re-upload and re-upload until I fix that magic RSS issue. So thank you so much for your patience and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great one.